Dynamic between teachers and students in many Baltimore City classrooms. The talk last night at Friends School of Baltimore was sparked by a book called The Guide for White Women Who Teach Black Boys. ABC 2's Eddie Kadem was there. A packed house for a discussion about race in the classroom. Teachers and parents calling the topic and opinions powerful and at points necessarily uncomfortable. A lot of times we tiptoe around the subject. Um, and so I think it's good to hear that and be like, okay, this is the deal. These are white women. They are teaching black boys. Maybe it's not the ideal situation, which I think is also great to recognize. Um, and just being able to say there is a racial difference. There are consequences of that, but there are things you can do, but you really have to work like very, very hard at it. Minority students make up 30% of the friend school. The man who runs the school wanted to open eyes that a divide does exist and they need to do everything they can to bridge it. The most powerful piece for me was when he spoke about uh, the experience that the mother of a, uh, an African-American boy shared with him where she said that his, he went to school whole and came home in pieces and that her job then was putting him back together each day and sending him back out the door. One white teacher says an early experience with a black student has helped her grow. I had an expectation and I went from there and that now I've learned and I have to constantly check myself, you know. It's about your teaching style, your instruction. So even if you identify with the students culturally and you come from the same background, you still have to evaluate and say, am I presenting them the way that they are learning? So discomfort is good because that leads to change. That's it. What up, what up, what up? It's another Monday. Why you why are you shaking your head? What happened, Matt? Matt, you, you on mute. What are you talking about? That book, but we'll talk about it. That just You didn't like the you didn't like the opening story? I don't <laughs> like the book idea, but because I my opinion, I feel like it's a disrespect, and this is why. Why do you need a manual on how to treat another human being? Come on now. Well, we, I mean, can can we get to that in a in a moment? Yeah, but you, I know you, I, you asked me why I was shaking my head. <laughs> I know, but gosh, I mean, can we can we go through introductions? I was just introducing. I had no idea I was going to see that. Matt. That caught me off guard. <laughs> Matt, Matt, hold on, hold on. Who's that? So, welcome back to another Monday. It is Black versus the Board of Education. My name is Miss Laureen, and I welcome you to this space. Uh, joining me today, and I, I have some special guests, and before I introduce them, let me kick it to my co-host so that they can introduce themselves. I'm going to start with Miss Melissa. Go ahead and say hey, love. Hi, everyone. My name is Melissa, and I am a 15-year-old sophomore in Southern California. Sophomore is pulling through. Let's go. Uh, Miss Adia. Hi, y'all. My name is Adia, and I'm a junior in the Sacramento area. Perfect. Miss Jada. Hi, my name is Jada, and I am a homeschool junior in the Sacramento area. But you ain't in Sacramento today. Oh, there no, you go. Get it. I'm not. Where are you today? You don't know. Oh, okay. what? She, she she on break. She on break. She's in Ohio. And then the the resident male troublemaker on our team. Go ahead and say what's up, Matt. Oh, oh what it is it's matt m16 grady lead singer of m16 and the full moon wolves recording artist yeah. um since we're shouting out where we are now i'm in denver colorado denver what's up so we we're oh, straight up doing the whole the whole remote thing today because yeah. <laughs> i too am in ohio so let me tell y'all about this time difference though 
Um, I ain't been right since I landed on Wednesday. <laughs> I, I, I cannot get the time switch down, but it's all good. And I know you see two more faces on the screen, so I'm going to go ahead and, and kick it to them and let them introduce themselves. And I'm going to start with Miss Donetta since she was here first. Hey. Well, my name is Donetta Jefferson, and I am the grandmother of Jairus, Jerry. Yeah, and we're going to be talking about Jay Harris in a little bit. And Miss Shalanda, go ahead and uh, say hello. Hello, can y'all hear me? We yes. can hear you. Just okay, fine. yes. You look yes. official. You look like you belong on a helicopter. Or Thank something. you very much. Jairus got me right today with these headphones. <laughs> but um, my name is Shalanda Allen. I am a a family child care provider, and I am here on as the mother on behalf of Jay Arias, who will we be discussing on the show today? Oh, perfect. So before we get to Jay Arias, y'all know I like to come through with just people behaving badly. Um, Jada, can you go ahead and let's look at the first story? The it's what a heartless man. Let's let's take a look at that one because these people cray. Caught on camera, a four-year-old little girl assaulted by a teacher who was supposed to be caring for her. Two former employees at a local daycare are facing charges after being accused of mistreating the child. Local 12 Genesis Neros joins us live in Fairfield outside Wild Kingdom Early Learning Center. Jenna, first off, how is the little girl? Yeah, I spoke with the mother of the little girl and thankfully she's been doing well. Her mom says that she is nonverbal and staff describes her as a gentle soul who wouldn't hurt anybody. The director says as soon as she heard that little girl's cry, she says her motherly instinct came to life and she knew something was immediately wrong. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. What appears to be a seemingly normal start for this preschool classroom quickly turned chaotic. Former teacher James Cialino had been watching 10 kids in his class back in June when a four-year-old girl left the room with another class. Jennifer Miller, the teacher of the other class, brings the child back into Cialino's classroom and then he pushes her to the ground. Miller watched it all happen and proceeds to shut the door and leave. The video itself has all the truth it needs in it. So as soon as you watch that or as soon as you see that, you know immediately what has to be done. Director Lisa McMillian says a third teacher seen in the red shirt came into the classroom after the little girl got pushed to the ground. That teacher was not involved in this incident. Cialino then took the little girl to McMillian's office. You just know something is not right with that cry. As a mom, you know when something is not right. As a director, I know all of those children and I know how they cry. McMillian says she immediately pulled the surveillance video, fired the two teachers, reported the incident to police, as well as the little girl's family. What the hell is this? I cried. I couldn't hold it. It was so heartbroken. Three months later, the family is still struggling to forget the incident. The guy just pushed her away like an animal, a little baby who knows nothing. Who is, who, who all she knows in life is just to play, eat, and sleep. You push her down on her chest, and she's lying down crying, and you are still doing what you were doing. What a heartless man. Both employees have been fired. Police have also charged Cialino with assault and child endangerment. Miller is also charged with child endangerment. The little girl's mom praises the director here for immediately notifying her of this incident. She says since the two teachers have been fired, she still feels comfortable sending her child here at this daycare. For now, reporting live in Fairfield, Jenna Cisneros, Local 12 News. Thank you, Jenna. And both former teachers have pleaded not guilty. The trial is set for December 3rd. Not guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and I'm not Who laughing because it's funny. I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing. I, I got to laugh because you don't want me to ask. I was about to get on and ask for his address. Until towards the end, I saw that finally someone went and took the situation like there's no explaining. nothing. There's nothing to talk about. This is yeah. a, a child. How? Uh, let me pull this up. Let me get these people off of this campus. Notify the parent. And these are the, these are like simple things that we always talk about when it comes to our yeah. when it comes to our children. And that's we, we've been talking about that with teenagers, but with a four year old, that mm, PG thirteen. Yeah, I couldn't hear it. I mean, that's okay. Let me go. You PG thirteen. 
So basically the little baby girl uh, walked yeah. into the classroom and the man pushed her down and he proceeded to continue to do what he was doing prior to pushing her down. The other teacher comes into the door. She sees him push her down and proceeds to walk just out of the nothing. classroom. Like, That's even I'm, just as disgusting. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out, the baby is nonverbal. So if they didn't have the video, this baby wouldn't have been able to tell what happened to her. And so yeah. I wouldn't have sent my child back. I mean, that, that daycare would probably be named after my child. Um, I would probably be taking somebody's house, their car, um, their child's education fund, um, and anything else I decided I wanted to do at that point. But in no way, shape, or form would I have sent my child back to that, that facility. Um, because although the director seems like she has enough common sense to let go of people who harm, harm children on purpose. It still needs to be more. Um, I, I just don't... I, I just don't understand y'all. Maybe y'all can help me. <laughs> I can help you. Here's the thing. I get what you're saying because if she doesn't make a bigger ripple, let's let's pay attention to the, the part that people are uncomfortable to say. People, certain people like that pick and choose to do that to that young girl. And the, the ethnicity of her mom made him probably also feel like that. She definitely ain't got nobody. Ain't nobody gonna do nothing. She ain't even American. Yeah. So let's, I, I know that honky tonk type of approach. Yeah. So those situations, it needs to be more than ripples. It needs to be more than, oh, thank you for doing your job, ma'am. Also, I need this institution. I need to know why this place even hire people like this. It needs to be known that this ain't going to be tolerated. People need to have right. fear that just like you ain't going to push little Billy, then why would you push Lakeisha on the floor? And then why would you push Amari because she's, she, she's from overseas? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So if Lakeisha sure. getting mistreated, you know uh, if Furu going to get treated worse. No. I mean, that's a real name, so that's not, I'm just saying, I'm, no, I hear you. Adia, you look like you came off mute. Was you going to say something, love? Oh, yeah. I was just going to add, like, for me, too. Like, I know it was kind of hard to see because, like, the kids' faces were, like, blurred and all that, like, in the video. But mm -hmm. it was also just blasphemous for me. Like, it seemed like the kids didn't even react to it. Like, it was just, like, so, like, normal. And they just kind of, like, like it happens. the lesson. Like, it happens all the time. So I just thought that was, like, super disturbing. Like, you know this was not a one-time thing. Mm. It's just their first time getting caught. And are there other and they teachers? Got videos. And and how do you know that the person that fired him didn't fire him only because she has to cover her own ass? You're right. I don't know. Yeah. Right. We don't know. So like yeah. like you said, Lorraine, I would want to go far as you you dang ain't gonna name that. That's a four-year-old. That's a whole nother turn up for me. I'm just like there are certain laws and certain protections that disabled children have. Um, for her to be nonverbal. And to go through something like this and they'll send her back into there knowing she's nonverbal. I just think that that's, in my opinion, I think that that's negligent. Mentally, emotionally, that's not good. Because now she's going to yeah. jump at adults when they come by her. Yep. And she can't tell you. And Shalanda, you're, you're a child care provider. I'm just uh, wondering. Is I'm sorry. I'm just wondering, you know, for the mom to bring her back and for the director to receive so much praise, like how else are they accommodating her? Is she receiving free therapy, free childcare, um, free wraparound services to help her overcome the situation and to further support the mom? It's more than just, you know, allowing her to be back in. What else are y'all doing to circumvent for these actions? Yeah. You just I got mean, rid of who got caught. That's all. You know, so I'm, I'm wondering because, um, I would definitely be needing some more kind of incentive to even keep my child there. But not only would I require more, she deserves more. Where yeah. is this? 100%. Again? Uh, don't get me to lying. I wasn't paying that close. I think they said Fairfield. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay, everybody right, reach out so to Fairfield and ask questions. <laughs> definitely need to have ask some questions. All right, we'll go to the second story. I, I want to show you guys this, and then I'll grab my phone because I want to read you something as well. Here, take check this out. For years, a suburban county near Nashville, Tennessee, illegally locked up children and in at least one instance used bogus charges to justify it, according to a bombshell ProPublica investigation published Friday, as part of a system that sent kids as young as 7 to jail. 48%. That's the percentage of children who were jailed in the county after cases were referred to juvenile court in 2014, the most recent year data is available. 
that number was by far the most of any county in Tennessee and was a rate nearly 10 times above the state average of 5%. Davenport has taken a harsh line with juveniles in her tenure as the elected juvenile court judge, according to ProPublica, a position she has held since 2000. The judge holds immense power over the local juvenile justice system, appointing all magistrates and approving policies for the detention center. Davenport also appears on a monthly segment on a local radio station, in which she has claimed children are behaving far worse now than they have in the past. Davenport says she believes she's on God's mission to discipline children in the community, sometimes referring to herself as the mother of the county, according to ProPublica. Through a combination of her process requiring all children who are charged with a crime be sent to the detention center and the facility's filter system letting jailers decide who gets to be released, it's estimated some 1.500 children have been illegally jailed in Rutherford County during her tea. Davenport did not respond to requests for comment from either ProPublica or Forbes. Being detained in our facilities is not a picnic at all. It's not supposed to be. It's a consequence for an action. Davenport said during one of her radio segments. The ProPublica piece sparked widespread condemnation of the juvenile justice system in Rutherford County, Tennessee, on Friday. All right. So this came up because I was at this conference and I got on Twitter and this story came up. It says three police officers went to an elementary school in Tennessee and arrested four black girls. One girl fell to her knees. Another threw up. The police handcuffed the youngest, an eight-year-old with pigtails, their supposed crime, watching some boys fight and not stopping them. The police wound up arresting 11 kids in total using a charge called criminal responsibility. The arrest created outrage. State lawmakers called the case unconscionable, inexcusable, insane. So how did this happen? These arrests took place in Rutherford County, which has been illegally jailing kids for years, all under the watch of Judge Donna Scott Davenport. This chick has been locking up 48% of the children in that county. 48%. Things happening on campus. So my elementary yeah. school kid can be arrested and charged with criminal responsibility because they did not stop a fight when you got adults on campuses not willing to jump in and stop a fight. Why? There's one thing with Why? this. The judge got her hand in the city and she's middlemaned. The plug is the prison system. Every, every bed that she helped them get in there, that's some money. Why not? Why do it to her people? Simple as that. There's just some states in here that ain't gonna go for it and they are not gonna vote them kind of people in. Obviously, there are people in the community who voted her and didn't want her in. That is so crazy. It said uh, in the in the disposition, in the disposition, um, deposition, I'm sorry. A lawyer asked Davenport about taking the bar exam. It took her nine years and five attempts to pass the bar. Wow. She, she worked hard for that position. And she not giving up without a fight, it seemed like. Uh, and you know, you got other, here's the other thing that's happening too. This thinking that time, old times have changed, they haven't. Where back in the day in the South, their brother would be the sheriff and then the sheriff cousin would be the judge and then the DA and they would make sure they keep it that way. And that's why I'm going to bring it back to why when it comes to black youth leadership program and stuff like this, children need to know this jargon. They need to know this stuff so they can start playing the game that way. I need to see some black DAs. I want to see some black judges. I want to see, because at the end of the yes, day, until yes. then, they're going to they're gonna do what they need to do to get that money in. And that's with the prison system. A lot of black judges, they're gonna, they're, we're looking towards correctional. We're trying to, we, we, we want equal justice. I mean, yes. I don't care if you're black or white or nothing. If you, if you went there, if you're trying to middleman to make some bread, it's obvious. And it's going to trickle down. Where's the best mm -hmm. way to get it from the kids? If you can't get them out the street, get them out of the education system. Mind you, I'm not surprised that this one out of all. That's because insane. I face that every day I walk out the door from 3 to 13 to 33. Mm, mm. Melissa, what do you think, love? Um, I think it's crazy because these are elementary school kids. Yeah. They're elementary school. Elementary. And I want to go back to what Matt said about... um 
black people being in power i feel like it can't just be black people but black people that care and that want to make a difference because it doesn't matter if you're black or white if you aren't for a community if you don't have a purpose being in power means nothing so if you are going to be a black person in power you still have to actually be there for a greater purpose not just for yourself and you can't say you're going to be in power and then say you're going to be in power for a good reason to better your community and then get up there and get scared and do yeah. nothing. I mean, yeah. what happened to do no harm? Like, I just, this, this is what we're seeing though in, in the, in the education system period, you have people who are there to do certain types of things, right? You have people who, who are there like legal compliance just to keep the district's hands clean. Right. Or you have people there like these administrators who think they are above the law and they can do whatever they want and and how dare you question them. Or these teachers in the classroom who can't take criticism. Like, I just do not understand why we continue to to see these things. And, you know, I'm sorry, isn't there, like, if these things happened at home, wouldn't CPS be at our houses trying to remove our children, trying to charge them with failure to protect? What, what happens with these schools when they fail to protect your child? How come we're not seeing those charges? Well, you know? Go ahead, Mama. Uh, they're Go they're ahead, all connected. So the, I said they're all connected. And the bad behavior, every time they get away with something, it just reinforces the bad behavior. You see? So yes. it's, it's all connected in order to destroy our community you know, and then when we get in places, it's not just standing for us, it's standing for right. And see, and that's when the heat comes, but you got to have some tough skin because every yeah. time they get get away with it, it just reinforces the behavior. Yeah. And then it's hard to ask for fairness in a, in a situation that's already designed with biased information, um, withholding of yeah. information that is asset to us in our culture and people get mad when you say that but everyone else knows and is able to uplift and and talk about their culture and teach there is no emotional uh literacy financial literacy uh mental health classes and uh, none of those things so it's like we're 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 at least asking for fairness and something we know that's not designed fair yeah yeah 100 100 and i think we continue to see that played out yeah we're continuing to see it played out in multiple different ways as we continue to navigate this system on behalf of our black families. Yeah, but they waiting um, for us to get tired and I don't get tired. So you don't we'll, get tired? We'll, we'll, I we'll, get yeah. tired. Don't be quiet. Don't get tired. Cause that's what, that's what, that's what is wanted to happen. Yeah. And I think that they exhaust you, right? They exhaust you with all these different policies and procedures and rules. And, and something that's been coming up, you know, because I'm on a, a few email chains because I have a few different uh, cases going on right now. It keeps I keep hearing the words due process. Right. When it comes to administrators or teachers, I keep hearing this word due process, due process. Rarely are the children given due process. <laughs> and so we got to we got to call it like it is. The children are never given due process. It's we said so. We think you're guilty. You're guilty. It's a wrap. Well, within the last five episodes, it's all been me, 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 me. The parents have all, the the, the adults have all been me, 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 all about this. The last five episodes, each situation has been adults crying about themselves and just leaving the kid like, like this ain't about the child. And it's just, it's weird. Like, like you said, kids, who raised you? Like, it's kids trying to teach kids. Well, I can hear that. And so let's let's go ahead and segue because we do have uh, two folks here, Miss um, J- Miss Danetta and Miss uh, Shalanda. Um, and I don't know. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so I've had uh, the opportunity to walk with this family uh, through several issues. Um, and so I wanted them to kind of come on Thank today you. because um, I, I wanted them to share with you just how egregious um, the school system is to kids who are, um, you know, who are known as gifted and talented, right? The gate kids, the the smart kids, the the uh, straight A students. How far schools will go to kill the spirit of our young people? 
And so I have Miss uh, Shalanda and Miss Donetta here, and we're going to just talk about what happened with Jay Harris. So when um, I first met Shalanda, Shalanda, why don't you go ahead and tell us what was going on um, and how you came to connect with me? Well, <clears throat> First and foremost, um, being a student that have been through Sacramento School District, I have been through Elk Grove School District, and I know for me as a student, um, I was a very sharp student like my son. I was a very aware student, so I was aware of the treatment that I was receiving from administrators, from teachers. Um, I was very aware of what it meant when somebody wasn't there to advocate for you appropriately. You know what I mean? When I, as a child and being harmed in a way, when my parents come in, whether it's my mom, my grandmother, we're taught a different way. We come in and we're ready to fight. And when we come in and we're ready for that fight, rightfully so, we're being penalized. So there is no um, resolution besides me being kicked out or a parent being arrested or, you know what I'm saying? There is no um there's no solution to get me the support I need to be a successful student, only to remove me, only to have me on probation, only to have us kicked out of districts. So when it came to my child who was experiencing these same things, I wanted to find a different way to be able to come in and fight for him. Because when it comes to my child being assaulted, when it comes to me being a fighter, I'm ready to come in there and assault somebody. You know what I mean? And so because I didn't have the tools in my toolbox at the time, I wanted to reach out to an entity like Black Youth Leadership Project to come in and show me how to advocate for my child, come in and show that support, come in with... Um, the skills needed to navigate these systems, these people who get in there with the language and all of this different jargon to try to, you know, keep us out. But I'm glad to have reached out to you guys because y'all come in and y'all show us how it's done. So that's how we got in with you guys. Now, now you're not just going to glance over the, the fact that you said your son was assaulted. So take me to that situation. What happened? Um, so with the assault, um, my child um, was assaulted by his teacher, um, got really frustrated with him and decided to put his hands on my child. Um, in response to being assaulted, my child responded by assaulting the teacher back. Um, instead of reaching out to me, the parent to notify me of what's going on, this teacher goes to his after school program, speak to those staff to try to start writing a narrative on my child. Hey, has he ever been physical with anybody here? Has he ever done this? Have he ever done that? No, we love Jairus. Everybody's confused. So furthermore, I don't even think we would have got the issue addressed if it wasn't a witness. Somebody witnessed you put your hands on my child. You know what I mean? Now, and now, I want you to break that down because when we say our children were assaulted, what and how was he assaulted? Paint the picture very clearly. <laughs> because I want to tell y'all, the school, when I came in there, they didn't know anything about this assault. So, and, and the meeting stopped because <laughs> they were like, oh, no, mm, we don't want no parts of that. We didn't know. <laughs> so talk to us about when you say he was assaulted, what do you mean? Well, according to Jairus's testimony, initially when he was put out of the classroom, uh, his teacher took his backpack and threw his backpack over two doors down. It didn't bother him. That didn't get under his skin. So then the teacher came out, grabbed him by his shoulder, lifted him up about two inches off the ground and slammed him. And that's when they started fighting. <laughs> oh, okay. So when you say they started fighting, because I don't believe a child can fight an adult. I just don't. When you say they started fighting, did you do you mean like he pushed him back or? Um, according he... to the teacher, he just started flailing his arms and he had to get a hold of him and kind of hold him. So not necessarily a fight because obviously this is a grown man and a right. fourth grade student. So and we you have know. to be clear and we have to be clear with our language okay. because what that sound when we say that our children engage in a fight with an adult, that's mutual combat. That is not what he did. What he did after he was assaulted, he responded like children do. And we're not going to allow them to paint. Oh, well, he started fighting the teacher. No, he got up and started flailing his it's arms. Called, it's he called was a panicking hurt. child and hurt and right. panicking. 
Right. Oh, I'm a grown man. The fourth grader beat me up. Who raised you? (laughs) Good gracious. Okay. And so after that incident, what, what else started to transpire? So even prior to that incident and after, um, there was purposeful documentation of my son, of his behavior, of just him in general, so that they can paint a picture of him as an aggressive child, as a violent child, um, just things that does not represent him. Mm. Mm -hmm. And when you say documentation, talk to us about that, because there are some parents whose child or children are not in school yet. So what, what do you mean? I mean, they, I mean, a wide variety of things. I mean, documenting anything. Jairus walked the wrong way. Um, Jairus well, was- That was a new school. Was this at the old school too? I mean, yeah, they had tons of those things. Horse playing um, when there was just general play between friends. Um, let me think of some. Mom, what else? I mean, we had a long list. The one with the apple where upset. he had to oh. supposedly touched the young lady. He was picking up an apple and he touched her her butt and and different things and um you know and it, it, was, it was a couple of things but the one that stood Tons out for things. me Lorraine, you know yeah, what this looks it's like it's trying to happen about go ahead mr netta go ahead and finish your sentence yeah um just the, the the one with the apple where he had touched her butt but then they they failed to uh tell us until after you guys came about um some young man was uh one of the kids was asking uh jay Ayers, uh about does he does something with his mother's private you know all this came out afterwards you know so jairs had already been exposed to inappropriate um conversation with friends but then they try to paint a picture as if he was some type of sexual predator and um mm-hmm. that that that's not yeah they are preparing him to walk the life that i'm in right now and by that man i mean black man they are preparing him to seem hypersexual and violent that's what they want you to look like and want you to lose your temper so they can get you in there what makes me hurt to my heart is that you want to cultivate a fourth grader to do what they want him to do as a grown man or beforehand the plan is to disfranchise him before he even gets out here to be a grown man and what's sad is that children, they soak up everything they see. So the other children see the adults treating them like that, and they're going to also look at them like that. And they're being cultivated as they become adults and walk out of the school to treat them the same way in the job force. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so yes. I don't remember yes. exactly, Shalonda, um, the nature of the original complaint that you submitted. Um, but I remember coming to that elementary school. And I remember you sitting there and you were, I don't know what you asked me, but I was like, yeah, I'm cool. Like, just where are we going? Who are we going to talk to today? Um, because <laughs> I think that there's something to be said uh, when you go into a situation um, not knowing anybody, but fully prepared. And I think that we were able to do some really good things um, for Jay Aris um, at that school. Um, he had a teacher who was just a little hellion. Um, she was an older lady, been teaching 20 years, probably had never updated her teaching manual, um, has not updated her teaching right. style. She got upset because I said, you know, if I had an old computer, I'd have two choices. Either I could update the software or I could get rid of it. And she walked out the room and she slammed the door. And the thing is, people don't like when you tell them the truth. You're not good at this. Matter of fact, you suck at your job. You should probably think about leaving. And they're not they're they don't know how to respond to that because they're white and they said so. They've always had the ability to do what the hell they wanted to do and nobody to check them. Nobody and say so, nothing. And it was very simple. You know, I, I believe yeah. in accountability on both sides, right? So I said what I needed to say to her, and then I turned to Jay Harris and I said, You want me to come sit in your class with you? I said, Your mama don't have time to keep taking off work to come up here and deal with this. So what we need to do. We just got to also teach putting, the young man that, yeah. that this is happening and to look out for it. So when it happens, mm-hmm. they know how to walk away. You still defend right. yourself if you got to, but yeah. sometimes know that, okay, it's a trick. Mama told me about these tricks. Let me go move this way. 
Mm-hmm. You know, but but that's assuming that, that they have that skill set, man. Actually, that's assuming. But that's how we all get together and help the parents, and we help but, the children, uh, and we all help each other. And, and let, let, let me interject. Uh, let me interject. Um, in regarding to Jairus, now we have always, you know, we understand Jairus, you know, how his process is, and you know what he can be able because Jairus can move an adult. He 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 can move an adult. But, uh, you know, what they don't understand is that he has a young mother that's very intelligent and is imparting things to him, but he's also a loner. So mm. now at times, Jairus, you know, he can frustrate. He got he, his, his mouth is a little slick, but that's 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 nothing in regards still not to, to assault a no professional still being in it. No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let, let me finish. It's, it does not give anyone the right, number one, to put his hands on them, and right. number two, you're a professional. Okay, right. but this is the things that we have already <laughs> already uh, acknowledged them. We're there anytime. If it's any problems, we're there. But see, another thing about Jairus, he know we coming out to show out. So actually, that fight was his initial first fight with an adult, because when I got there, you know, I'm already blanked out. I'm already blanked out because this is my grandson. It's it's nothing. I don't want to hear nothing. You put your hands on my grandson. I don't want to hear nothing. But his response, I said, Jairus, tell me what happened. He explained the situation. And he said, Grandma, when he slapped his paper out his hand and he grabbed it, he said, that's when the fight started. You see, because now he felt that he had to protect himself. But also, his mother told him, "You do not, you do not. If somebody put their hands on you, you don't fight until you feel safe." And that's what he did. You see, mm. because he's not a child that is violent, that likes to fight or anything. He's too intelligent for that. But now, if if trouble comes, then you handle it. And that was his. It's sad to say that was his initial first fight with a grown, supposed to be professional adult and so i didn't have no understanding because i was just blanked out you know mm -hmm. because and where we come from but go ahead well i was just gonna say we still have to fix our language because even though he used the language fight, fight it is not a fight when you have a child and an adult no that's three times his weight right I mean, so it's one thing for him to learn his temper but a grown man I a grown man that there's no way to excuse that he couldn't control his temper enough to where it seems like he's trying to find anything he can to make to make this young boy look like well he's very aggressive now hypothetically even if he was like like miss jefferson said that still don't give you no right if you're a professional then you need then that's when you call the parents to say hey i can't calm this kid down if that was really the case so either yeah. way you try to swing it or you tell the truth you yeah. tell a lie you still was wrong in what you did and the thing Period. is that that mm -hmm. situation and, never really and, made and it into tried. any paperwork. I don't remember that situation it being never, present it, in any it, paperwork. Was it? Yeah, because when I got there, they, they automatically they had painted this narrative that Jairus was aggressive and everything. And so I'm sitting there trying to calm myself and I need to know what happened. Now mm -hmm. from the gate, I'm gonna believe my grandson. It don't matter. And so when he told me and all this stuff, I made him take everything out. Yeah. Good for and, you. And, 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 yeah, I made him take everything out because what it was like, at, at first it was like a bargaining. But at that time, I was thinking about, okay, I cannot do anything because if I do anything, then that's I'm not going to be here to advocate for my grandson, and they're going to have to answer to this. So yep. when I got there, I already seen the guilt in his face. I seen Whoa. the guilt in his face, and they kept on trying to. I say, no, we not going to have it. This Whoa. is not my grandson. You will not Whoa. write the narrative. So now, if you're going to put this, you're going to take everything out. Nothing will follow him because I learned early on with his mother about a, a cune foul that follows the mm. child. I didn't know this when I was dealing with Shalanda and her being such a, a you know, a student to where they, they had painted a track record on my daughter. 
I learned that, but now here I am with my grandson, which is her child. Oh no, nothing is going to go. You will have it blank. And that's all I no, had right. and because I didn't have Lorene them. The Lorene, I didn't have Lorene them, but I only had for me not uh, going back to my old ways because it was nothing to just light it up. But we got to fight different, you know? Right. And is she, so, is she right? Um, my dad's a behavior teacher. Everything. It ain't how you do it. Yeah. My dad's and a right. teacher. And um, he's, he even explained to me, my dad at risk teens for at least. 15 years and he's coming home with a fractured pinky and a child has punched him in the thigh and he come home and say i gotta get my kids in line never has my dad come home and say he put his hand on no kid because that's the job he mm -hmm. took and he knew i'm taking this job and it don't matter white tall white black tall small whatever what i this is what i came here to do and like you said mm -hmm. if you can't handle your temper and your emotions don't be no teacher get out of there because the truth coming well, out of what you really think. Right. That's right. And, and, you know, I think that a lot of yeah. times they expect us to come in and go off. So, so then they, they can... can use some other mechanisms to keep you out, like restraining orders or meeting you in, in the office with the yeah. SRO. You know what I mean? Or any of those things to kind of keep you in compliance. Like I can victimize your child and there's nothing you can do about it. And that's what the, that's how they've been running all this time. Go ahead, Didi. I have say? a question. Um, yeah. How is the school responding to this? Like, shouldn't this person like go to jail for assault? Like, I'm. That's what I'm confused about. Like, how is the school like, like responding to this? How did the school respond to it? He is still employed. Um, they didn't give him any time off. Um, what they did was pretty much what they thought would suffice is basically erasing the documentation and putting him into another classroom with the male teacher um, because they wanted him to have a positive experience with a male teacher because this one was so negative. They pretty much still didn't do anything. And so let's so, put some whipped cream on it, move it out and then push it off to the side. Mm -hmm. And on no. a light, on a lighter note, um, this particular teacher with the assault, you know, they want to, um, there's a time when they want to appreciate the maturity of my son. And then there's another time when they don't want to appreciate his maturity. For instance, um, when it's time for him to come fix one of y'all computers, fix an overhead projector, when it's time for him to correct a lesson, or when it's time for him to tutor another child, it's all good. When it's time for my son can come home, this same particular teacher and tell me his whole life. Yeah, he's stressed out. His kids won't move out when y'all need to talk to him. You know what I'm saying? Like he's some grown man, like he's some therapist or something like that. It's all good. But then there's the times where y'all don't want to appreciate that side of him. And that's not cool. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. I mean, because he got all the personal information. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He know you ain't sleep hey, last night. He know you slept. <laughs> you want to play your guitar at the flea market and you, yeah. uh, your kids ain't moving out because you want to. I mean, he got all the stories. That's interesting. Send, that's a, send the school an invoice every time he fix something there. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that boy is a young engineer. That's why he is. And that's yes, exactly why. Yes. That's exactly why. And so, you know, you ended up taking him out of that school, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're going to fast forward to the doggone school he ended up going to. So he switched from Elk Grove Unified to Sac City Unified. And you noticed a pattern kind of right away. So why don't we talk about what was going on at Golden Empire with this this ridiculousness? I think with Golden Empire, um, initially, um, this school, they didn't want to take him in because um, I want to say... Um, it has something to do. This is before they knew him, before they knew anything about him. What they do know is we live close, but we don't live in a home. So we're not contributing to the school in the way that we that they want to. So they don't think that he should be allowed to go there. That's the wait, bottom wait, line. Wait, 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 wait. So when you say you don't live in a home, you mean you live in an apartment? Yeah, we live in a condo in the area. So the okay. children that live in the apartments in the condo, they have an identified school with them that is less performing, that does not have as many resources, and that is a little further away. The Which children, is a coincidence. You know? And so they didn't want us there initially. So we had to fight so many barriers to even get him in there. And when he got in there, they immediately started on him. When he came in 
the principal wanted him out. She already let us know we're a guest here on her campus. Um, any behavior issue, she will pull our inner district transfer. She was letting us know from gate. And I said, hey, 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 you act like I'm bringing a criminal into your school. No, I'm just trying to send my son to the closest school to our home so he can get an education. I'm a business owner. It's hard for me to get outside the house and accommodate him in these ways. This is what's most convenient for us. All we're trying to do is come get a convenient education. We're not here to cause no trouble. And so, you know, they made trouble. So, yeah, mm-hmm. they start those barriers. The fact that you even have to say that, the fact that you even have to explain say like that, that is mm-hmm. disgusting to me. Mm-hmm. And so he goes over there. And what do you notice starts to happen? immediately not only is he being mistreated by the staff he's being mistreated by the children i mean like he's being targeted that is the bottom line they he went in there and they targeted my son they wanted him out and the children are following what they see the adults do the the children are definitely following what they see the adults do so for example there was one there was one write-up they said that he bit a child right he bit a child on his arm um during recess or something crazy like that um, what was actually happening during that situation? Um, they were on top of my child and he was biting them to get them off of, him. Off of me. Yes. Yes. But, but it's like he's so, it into, it. into the report, but he's so new to the school. Why are these children attacking him in this way? Y'all not, y'all not comfortable enough. Y'all don't know him well enough to even play like this or to even be coming for him like this. You know what I mean? So my understanding is and the fact that they would even say he, he's not able arm. to socialize. Oh yeah, Brandon. Go ahead, Lorraine. I Go said, ahead, wasn't it somebody had their arm around his right. neck mm-hmm. and he was trying to get them off, and so mm-hmm. he bit their arm to get them off of him, and mm-hmm. he was the one written up for biting and, and aggression, right? Okay, and then yep. there was. Um, yeah. I know that he was written up for. Um, something with a cell phone. He was talking to you outside on the cell mm-hmm. phone. Like, mm-hmm. what was happening? Give us some examples. Okay, okay. Um, when he gets to school, he is to call me in the morning and let me know he made it. And um, I even let them know I have the documented time of the phone call. This child called me, didn't call nobody else, getting ready to put his phone in his backpack. He's not even on the campus yet. And this woman, um, somebody was chastising him, trying to get his phone away. Somebody joined in because she didn't like the interaction. He was telling them, I'm going to put it away, but I need y'all to back up and give me some space. You know what I mean? I'm putting it in my backpack. Y'all standing too close to me because they do try to intimidate. It's not necessary to be all over somebody like that to give them a directive or an instruction. So they didn't appreciate how he was able to articulate himself, stand up for himself. So they decided to write him up. And he also walked away. You know what? Call my mom and let her handle this because that's what I told him his response is. You don't go, you don't fight with the teacher. You don't fight with the administration no more. Let them call me. You walk away. That's all I have for him. You know, I'm not there to stop every single incident so yeah mm-hmm. and so instead of go ahead melissa i see you came off mute i just what she's saying is i kind of identical to the last um thing with the teacher at the old school they want us to act out and they want us to be aggressive like when the teacher i think she said he like threw his backpack and that didn't upset him but when the teacher put his hands on him that's what you know you're in my space they don't want us to be able to articulate our feelings they want us to be aggressive and be violent so when we can talk and say you're making me uncomfortable or that's not going to bother me because you know you're being crazy in this moment and i have control over myself they don't want us to be able to do that and that's when they try and make it seem like everything's our fault yeah and they don't think that you don't think that these other students pay attention and be like hmm they ain't gonna do nothing, you know. And then there's, and then the teacher will. Why are you guys bullying? Why do you think it's enabled? Yeah, yeah. It's enabled. The teachers and administrators are the biggest bullies. That's and who does he see. feel like he can go to yes, other than his own mother? Well, I and mean, his grandma. I, I he ain't got. He who else can is. he go to? <laughs> <laughs> can't go to the I teacher. Obviously, can't touch the teacher. The teacher can't trust the principal. Yeah. And so it was a series of write-ups, right? And so he was also written up. They wrote him up for uh, going down the hallway the wrong way. What? And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And it wasn't his teacher that wrote him up. It was some other teacher. And I, my question to the, the principal at the time, I was like, so is it, uh, is it you know, weird that, you know, or, or something that's foreign that children go down this hallway in this way? 
And they were like, well, no. And I'm like, so why is it all of a sudden a problem? Like, why is it a problem when he does it? Because he's doing it. And they don't have it. They don't yeah. have it, a, a reason. And so they continue to kind of, you know, do these things, you know, to him. And I, I think people have to understand that those macro, microaggressions, those wear on a student and their ability, yeah. you know what I mean, yeah. to, to really concentrate. Like, if I have to continue to watch what I'm doing, watch where I'm walking, all the other kids can do it, but I can't. I can't go down talking to somebody, walking backwards. Like, what do we expect our students to do? And he's just out here trying to trying to be, just trying to be. And I'm not making excuses for him. And it seems like they're cringing more of that. I'm not making yeah. excuses for him at all, but what I will say, and something that is an observation is, since J.R. is enter school, since he was in the kindergarten, he did enter school with a disability. He has optic nerve hypoplasia. He cannot see out of one of his eyes. He is completely blind. We just, in fifth grade, got a 504 to accommodate him and his vision. You know what I'm saying? We, not only do y'all use overhead projectors, not only can his coordination be a little off because this is the way he was raised. This is how he was taught to... <clears throat> Um, live with his disability like sometimes he's not always in tune like you know what I'm saying he yeah. doesn't use both sides so the fact that we moved into distance learning y'all using these small little Chromebooks none of the he had no accommodations in place to support his disability so um, they just overlook all of it that it was a documented disability and nobody did what they needed to do to make sure that he was taken care of as a matter of fact, he would tell people he couldn't see in class and they would send him out because they said he was being disruptive. He had making excuses or, you know. Like, yeah. And so if, if we have children who, who are going through these things, right, and, and it's like you're trying to tell them, you know, you present the documentation, it's not your job to continuously submit documentation over and over again. You submit it once and they are supposed to know it. But because you have people like that principal over at Golden Empire, who is, you know, the kingmaker, I'll say, I'm going to use that. Um, she decided that it was better for her to be punitive towards him than to make sure he had the accommodations based on his documented disability. And she strung out the process of the IEP because she wanted to get him out of that school to she's wait she she shut down that meeting because she she was scared of you right or she what happened <laughs> what happened she needed her representation she needed to go gather a lawyer before we yeah. could proceed because she felt uncomfortable with the conversation and when I say there's no aggression there it's just a conversation they are so uncomfortable with even starting a conversation so how are we going to get the supports in place that we need for our children when they're uncomfortable with just the mention of the disproportionate discipline of black students. Just the conversation as a principal made you so uncomfortable that you wanted to go secure a lawyer to even finish the discussion. That's crazy. Because that leaves the truth. Never materialized. And also, I wanted to add after that meeting, right when we walked out of the meeting, we had a teacher literally snatch Jairus. Now he's walking. And she's snatching, and I'm like, what, she's yelling? And I'm like, oh, my God. So I just put, so I immediately grabbed her, and she was shook. And then she started telling us about, she, she was deaf. So, but how are you, this particular kid, he's going to the lunchroom, and you're yelling, and then you, you know, you're grabbing at him. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, so he was already targeted to watch this child. And after we got through a conversation, you know, I felt like I needed to give her a hug. And she started telling us about her disability and how she'd been mistreated. But I can't even take you seriously because how are you doing this? You right. know, because you got orders from headquarters and yep. now you target my grandson. Yep. And it came down to it. You know, she ended up saying, you know, I'm just really stressed out. I just returned to work. My husband's sick at home. It's always something about that's going on with them about why they're lashing out in this way. You know what I mean? 
and we don't care. And we don't care. We don't care. We don't, <laughs> don't care. care uh, you, we don't care. And you know, not, not this one, but y'all picked the yeah. right one. Y'all picked the right one. <laughs> Go ahead. Y'all picked the right one. Oh, I was just saying, like, jumping off those excuses things, like, it's always, like, they get to have excuses, but then when students are dealing with, like, actual trauma, it's like, oh, well, that doesn't matter. Like, I don't know. I just think mm -hmm. it, it's no, just a right. standard at the end of the day. And I think this is just, like, terrible, like, how much he is being targeted, like, at school and, like, how much, like, everybody is against him and just, like, everybody's acting like it's not a problem. Like, and I feel mm -hmm. like we've talked about this a lot, how, like, Black students are not taken care of and are not treated as like human beings and is safe on um, campus. And it's kind of like, what do you do when you're in that situation? You always feel like you're being targeted. How are you supposed to learn? How are you supposed to even get an education when the only object, like the only thing they're trying to do is target you and to make you feel small? Like, that's what I don't get. Yeah, I, ahead, agree. I agree with Didi. So like with the excuses and he's not even using an excuse, like with the situation where she was talking about um, he couldn't see, he couldn't see the screen or whatever the, that they were doing. So he's visually impaired. He tells people he can't see trying to take the steps that he can to complete the assignment to the best of his ability. He gets sent out of the class for being disruptive. And so if he doesn't get to do the work, he gets a bad grade and he overall doesn't succeed, but that's what they want. So it's, mm -hmm. it's just unfair. Like Didi said, with the double standards, they, the administrators get to use, excuses but when we have a valid excuse that isn't even an excuse it's a reason and it's supposed to help us succeed they can't accommodate to that we need to open up well, our own schools <laughs> you're right <laughs> you're right and i think one of the things i want to note so we uh, mom did have him assess for an iep but because his disability does not affect his grades meaning he is brilliant off the charts he scored extremely high in all of the tests um, he's a straight A student. He did not qualify for an IEP. So we ended up having to get a 504 accommodation. And the funny thing is, and not a funny, but ironic funny, is that the 504 coordinator was this principal who was targeting him. So in other words, and you it's like genius, he you can't know. win. He can't, you know what I mean? It's like he can't win. And you're doing good in class, so you don't help. help. I also want to highlight the fact that when they did go and do all of these assessments on him, they pulled people out of the district who blindly went into his classroom and observed him, who blindly went onto the playground and observed him. So many different people from so many different departments tested him and every single person said, hey, this is the best kid we ever met. This child tested higher than any kid that we've ever had. Even in those blind observations, he was on task 90% more than his peers. He played well. He did this well. So it went against everything that y'all accused him of. These are people that don't know him. He don't know he's being watched. He don't know he's being observed. And I have all of these assessments documented. So that furthermore goes to show you how you guys were literally targeting him and making false um, accusations against him. This is not even real. There are students in class that they're able to document and say off task way more than him. So you know what I mean? Well, and I, I think it's not just that because there was some conclusions in some of those where they said that he was destined to be a, a thief. And it's like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> like, he, he's going to be a thief? And it's like anything negative that they can ascribe to him, they were trying to throw it at the wall. It's like, you know, throwing spaghetti at the bold, wall huh? seeing what's going to stick. And, and if he didn't have a mom and a grandma who were advocates for him and he didn't have a team at BYLP, they probably would have got it away with a lot of this. And please don't get me started on yeah. their legal compliance and then people wasting our time like we're really going to do an investigation and hold these administrators accountable only to say, oh, it's outside of the allotted time. Then yep. stop bothering us. Yep. Um, another thing that I wanted to um, put out there is I secured this team. We come in, you guys are advocating and I'm getting what I need, but now y'all want to pull me to the side and say, Hey, can we just work with you? Hey, please don't bring them like, no, no, no. I tried already. I tried already. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? They want me to take the armor off. You know what I mean? No, yeah. no. They don't want no, the smoke. No, they, don't they, 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 they have 12 people. So they can they have 12 people. Oh, yeah, y'all got 12 people in the room on us, and it's just a few of us, but y'all want to people, <laughs> and it's just a few of us. 
And, then, and we don't uh, need more. And then the one teacher that came outside, she was like, it's hard being a white teacher. And we was like, girl, get out of here. <laughs> it's just so crazy, y'all. But I do thank y'all for coming on and, and hanging with us. We have run out of time. This went way too fast, guys. This went way <laughs> thank too you fast. for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. We love you, Lorraine, and your team, and everybody that's on that's supporting you. Um, you know, you, you my, you my hero, my shero, Lorraine. I love you. I love you <laughs> a lot. I love you back, but you know I ain't out here trying to be nobody's hero. I'm just out here trying to be like the Dora Milaje on Black hey, Panther. I'm ready. I'm ready to get there. Right, you save them people. You save them people. You save them fight. people. Cause baby, you don't even know. You don't even know. They have no idea. They hear me talking now. They ain't seen me in action, Mama. They ain't seen me like the girls. I tell them all the time about kind of the advocacy work that we do, but they they have no idea for real how it goes down. You know, they don't want to see you coming. They don't want to see you coming. They don't want to see you coming, Riri. They don't. We love Riri. Well, it looks like Matt's about to jump on his plane. We have run out of time. Right. Make sure you follow us Thank on Spotify Matt. and Apple Podcasts. Um, that you go ahead and subscribe yeah. to Thank our show on there. Thank Visit you, baby. We love you all for being on there. You already know. You already know. Salute everybody. Y'all want to yes, walk on the yeah, plane yeah. with me? We about to walk on the plane. Thank you, all Melissa. Right, Thank you, love. Y'all. Thank you all. Adia. Bye. And yeah, squares, make sure y'all visit squares, our student store. Go ahead and get you a shirt. The girls are wearing their shirts today. Make sure you uh, support us. I need, okay. I need my shirt. I need my shirt. I need my shirt too. <laughs> they I available on um, I think they're on our um what's that thing? Link tree at the bottom. So go ahead and get y'all a shirt, support the podcast, and uh okay. we will see y'all next Monday. Yes. Uh same bat time, same bat channel right here on Facebook and uh what are we uh YouTube yep mm -hmm. all right y'all take care see you later <laughs> go oh, ahead and hit him with that right. rainbow one two three bye -bye. one two three Boom. Mm -hmm.